Good evening and welcome to 48 Shades of Football, Korea's premier English language K-League podcast. Uh, as ever, I'm joined by Mark. Good evening, Paul. Good evening. Um, it's a very special episode today, isn't it? It's a Lunar New Year here in Korea. It is indeed. It is indeed. Uh, the beginning of uh, a new year. So originally I did think about going with uh, Who Let the Dogs Out for our intro music, because it is the year of the dog. It is indeed. First day today. Uh, but... Uh, instead you went with Tiffany, I believe. Yeah, I think we're alone now. Uh, we'll get to why in a minute. Okay. Uh, firstly, uh, you might know that... Uh, do you watch a lot of Korean TV? Uh, I do, yes. I have no choice. I have one TV in my house and one wife, uh, which generally means that I have to watch the TV that my wife watches. Okay, so you don't control the, uh, the zapper. I wish I didn't, but unfortunately, I don't anymore. Okay. Uh, anyway, uh, if you've ever watched TV uh, at Lunar New Year, you'll know that they often have foreigners dressed in hanboks to come on and like play games and do lots of eat lots of Korean food and make kimchi and stuff like that. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we're both foreigners on this podcast. Reading hanbok. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so to kind of reverse that, we decided to get on a, an East Asian guest to talk about. Uh, some special subjects today. We did indeed. We'll get to her in a bit. Um, before that, there's some actual football to talk about. Well, before that, can we go back to why you chose Tiffany? And I think we're alone now, or shall we get to that? Have you, have you got something meaty to talk about first? Uh, no, we can get onto that. Okay, so obviously uh, you chose Tiffany, I think we're alone now, because of Osmar, I believe, right? Yep. Uh, or is it because of Park Too Young? Or because of Shimuyon. For Shimuyon, yeah. Okay, so basically, like this week, the big news uh, coming out of FC Seoul this week was that uh, Osmar has been transferred yep. to the J League. Yep. Um, but it's Sarezo Osaka. Yes, but not in time to play against Jeju, I believe, right? I guess he won't play in any of the. He can't play in any of the group stage. Maybe he can quarterfinals onwards or second round onwards. Okay. But yeah. Um, so why did you choose Stephanie then? Like, why that song? Because we often complain about um, K-League transfers being a bit murky in terms of transfer fees paid and who actually owns the player and etc. Mm-hmm. etc. Uh, word on the street is that this is a one-year loan. Yes. He's gone on loan to Osaka, so theoretically he may come back. So it's a one-year loan. Uh, and yeah, he's basically gone on loan until such times as GS Fire Fan. <laughs> That's your uh, take on it, is it? Yes, yes. The, the same as like, uh, as we've discussed before, the same as like Wangy Joe is technically on loan at Gambo Saker or something, right? For 18 months or two years or something, right? Yeah. But I'm not really sure what's going on there, yeah? Uh, in the other direction, Sol signed a guy called Anderson Lopez. Uh, I believe so, yeah. From San Freccia, Hiroshima. Yep. Did you see his uh, highlight reel? Uh, no, I missed that two seconds. <laughs> he scored eight goals last year, I think. Or 11 um, goals. It was like eight goals. And, uh, well, it depends on your source. I think Wikipedia had him scoring eight goals, but I did read someone else he scored 11. So I think I think it's like eight goals in the J League and maybe three in the Cup or something, yeah? Okay. So I did take a look at his highlight reel, and he he's... He looked like a young Dayan, I guess. A little bit of pace in the area. He had a, a good shot on him. Okay. So, theoretically, he is the kind of player that Sol have been lacking since Adriano left. Okay. Um, as long as he can sort of put on a, a be- decent bit of form, then, yeah, I don't mind losing Osmar for 
a proven goal scorer. Okay, I mean, is he proven though? Eight goals in, one, in, his, in, in a season? I mean, you're looking at Behan who is, like, has scored above double figures every year he's been playing in, in Asia, right? Yeah. This is eight goals and in, I think he only played maybe 23 times. Okay. So, so it's not a terrible return. Okay. Put him up for it along with Evandro. Yeah. And, yeah, you might have a, have, a, have, a, have a partnership in the making, right? Yeah, which is what Sol have been severely lacking. Okay, yeah, because, I mean, even when you had Dehan and Adriano, it wasn't really a partnership, right? Right, they didn't particularly like each other. Yeah, or, or play well with each other either, to be perfectly honest. And, obviously, the less said about the Dehan part to young partnership, the better. And uh, now, so that's basically Che's squad dismantled completely. It is. Maybe two or three players left now. Yeah, very, very few, right? Pak Chiong. Pak Chiong, Yuzhan, I believe the same by Che, yep. Ko Yohan. Ko Yohan. Uh, this very curious thing for me is we know that um, Po Hang, well, Hang Sung Hong likes young players with pace that can like run themselves to death through a match. Uh, Pak Chiong do- totally doesn't fit that mould. And yet... Why do you think... Do you think he was just a, a, a name too far to, to, to boot out at this season, this close season? Yeah, I think so, yeah. I think probably because of Park's name, yeah, because of what he has been in the past, you know, like, has, like, you know, obviously Seoul, you know, Europe, you know, Korean national team, um, technically <coughs> vice-captain or captain, right? Yeah. Um, so I think when you look at that, uh, you probably find that Wang just thought it was one player too many. It was one step too far. Maybe if he had got rid of him, he would have viewed that as being maybe the fans would have turned on him more than they're already turning on him. Yeah. I think the fans are. Well, I think we've talked a little bit about this. Right? They're, very, they're very are. They are very angry. Uh, I would love to know how many season ticket sales there have been so far. I know a lot of people on Facebook have said they're haven't yet or are not going to get a season ticket this year. Yeah. That's the thing. The thing I've always wondered about that, I think we talked about this before, but we were talking about this when I was talking about getting my Songnam ticket. I mean, ultimately, you know, the, the price of tickets in Korea doesn't really have that much of an impact. But I think it would be a massive... Uh, kind of voting with your feet or a statement of intent if the Suho Shin didn't take up as many tickets or you know even close to as many tickets as they've been taken recently yeah yeah I mean you're always going to have the transient fans you know who who maybe will take a ticket one year think it wasn't worth it not take one the next year you have the foreign fan base so whatever percentage that we make up of of these clubs but we're not around forever you know like so it, it is that kind of it is the Suho Shin who kind of holds that kind of power that if they decide not to take up tickets it is going to be um, kind of like quite a, a kind of obvious hit for GS that yeah last year we sold this this year we've only sold this many you know maybe we need to kick Huang out sooner than we thought yeah but looking at it I mean obviously we'll get on to the reviews of the ACL um, in a minute, but looking at it, I think we're so getting rid of the players that they've got rid of so far, and the transfer window is still open, right? Um, now, who they've got rid of, it is going to be a tough year for so, I think, and I, I can't really see why Fang would put himself in a situation where he makes his job even harder than it already is, to, to be honest. So. But they, they've still got a, a little bit of time to get in a big Australian defender, because uh, the Asian spot's open, right? Uh, yeah. So. If they're transferring out 
Osmar, who many would th- see was the bedrock of the defence, uh, then the obvious fourth foreigner would be a, an Australian defender. Yeah, you'd think so. But whether it'll happen or not. But it is. Just yeah. while we're on the subject of uh, uh, sole transfers, there was another kind of big news, maybe. Uh, Shimuyon, the guy that went to Chumbuk, declared that Sol Shimuyon was dead. Yep. Came back. Yep. Didn't really get much of a chance to show himself. Uh, he spent most of last season dealing with some various legal problems arising out of allegations of uh, stuff that went on between him and his wife. Yep. Uh, he was announced this week that he's transferred to Anyang. Yeah, was it the strange one, right? John Book to sort Anyang. Yeah. So, um, do you think the Anyang fans will take to him? I mean, it's one of those things, right? Uh, if this was the UK, if this was British football, even European football, you would think fans would be burning their season tickets out of their scarves, you know? You know, a la Morris Johnson signing for Rangers and so on, right? You know, like Van Persie making a move and blah, blah, blah. Um, but in, in Korea, no. I mean, we've seen players like Luki and move, you know, like once a butch on hero, now Anyang so on so yeah I don't think Korean players Korean fans really really take take that much into account I think for example you know it seems that the two one Blue Wings fans are really annoyed at uh, God I almost forget his name Yi Sang-ho Yi Sang-ho uh, but then again I think a lot of that was his you know kissing of the badge and so on yeah like Songnam fans were really upset by Hong Chil but again that was the comments that he made uh, after moving to Suwon Blue Wings but I think if Shim Young just keeps his mouth shut and just goes fans are not going to care like look at the Suwon fans with, with Dehan like, they're singing his name I mean granted he's hit the ground running right yeah. which he had to do yeah. but still like, even before uh, a competitive ball was kicked his name was allowed his name being sang against the, the Vietnamese team in the playoffs so I'm going to say that the majority of fans don't care as long as the player comes and doesn't make some outlandish uh, I'm going to endear myself to, to them or he's made some comment in the past then I think the majority of fans don't care where they played for uh, before just, just while you're talking about Lee Sang-ho I saw a video put up by the I guess official K-League um, Facebook page and it was an interview with the captain of Suwon whose name escapes me uh, Kim Eun-sung is it something like that okay but anyway they were asking him various things about his pre-season uh, and they asked him about I think how they thought how he thought Suwon was going to do and what he's expecting from the super match and his attitude was a, a little bit was uh, it's the bantery uh-huh. he said like the super match are you talking about what uh, oh the team to the north well we don't really talk, think about them <laughs> and then he was asking about um Yi Sang-ho and saying well he didn't seem to play much this year so I think he needs to try a little bit harder uh, he said well if you're tired come and play in the super match and I'll make sure you get to rest for a few months after that and, and things like that <laughs> which kind of unusual right yeah I, I know even between like banter between players you don't normally say that I'm going to go out and injure you and yeah. give you like three months to rest and things like what that what if he does by accident yeah and so what if something happens and he accidentally goes over the ball so he's, he's, his, his final comment was like, "Oh, when you come down for the uh, for the first super match, make sure you you bring a helmet with you." <laughs> so yeah, that's about a 
Yeah, nah. okay. I'm not really quite sure that's a good idea to be, be making those kind of comments, yeah? Yeah, so um, I'm all for a bit of banter and a bit of rivalry, but you've got to have a little bit of respect as well, I yeah. think. I think it's going to be, I think it is an issue, like, you know, it's going to be a pretty heated super match anyway. Yep. You know, uh, you've East Hang Ho, the Soul, who's obviously going to like be stoking it up a little bit. You've Dehan, I mean, we very talked so much about Dehan's transfer, but you know we've now got the, the you know the, the stories coming out by the journalist about you know that Dehan's now disagreeing with. Yeah. Uh, it's like all of these things are going to add a little, a little bit of extra dig to a match. Um, maybe it doesn't have enough dig for some fans, uh, and I don't think you, you need players adding, you know, like uh, coming out and making comments like, come down and I'll give you a break. I think that's just stupid. Um, but anyway, I guess we'll wait and see what happens. Yep. Um, talking of Dayan, obviously yep. he made his, deb- his Suwon debut in the, the, the Champions League qualifier yep. against the Vietnamese team. Yep, scored a goal for the fifth goal. Yep. Uh, Tuesday night was the the first game proper. First Yep, the first group game. Uh, went down to Sydney. Yeah. We predicted that Sydney would win flying at the top of the A League would win relatively easily. Yep. Uh, did you watch the game? I uh, so it kicked off at um five thirty or six o'clock, I can't quite remember which one. Yep. Um so I, I I was still getting home at that point in time. Um so I got home in time to see the second half. Yeah. Uh nil nil at half time. No nil at half time, yeah. Um second half, um yeah, I mean, I had before I started watching the the second half, I had read um, Scotty Scotty Blooming's comments, and he had said, you know, like reasonably good half. If um, if Sue won attack, you know, they could probably score, but we'd be happy with a draw. Uh, I guess um, not a huge attendance, but I, I, I guess um, at half time, I guess Saw said, you know, we've got this in the bag, guys, if we attack. You know, um, Sydney were poor for, for the team that's flying in the A-League. Their um, finishing was woeful, right? Terrible, terrible. Uh, I'm not going to spend too much time talking about the, the Australian teams and their performances because we are going to have a have, have an our special guest on next week's podcast yep. who's going to go into depth about why he thinks the Australian teams have performed the way they have so far. But yeah, they were really poor. Like, the finishing was really woeful. For a team that's been scoring for fun recently yep. as well. They were, um, they were shanking balls all over the place, right? Uh, that's the play we're putting it, yeah. Um, Rosette. Rosette. Uh, and then upstepped the man himself. The the legend, whatever you call him, uh, Dehan, stepped up. First goal was a daisy cutter from outside the box, I believe. Yeah. Um, Knock it past the, the keeper and inside the post. Yep, just on the hour mark. Uh, at that point, Suwon kind of kept attacking. Um, I believe Wagadino had an absolute setter. Uh, the one where he got tackled basically on the goal line. Yeah, but he should still put that away. Yeah, should it? Yeah. A, a decent striker should be, regardless if he gets tackled on the goal line, should be putting that ball away. Pak Young would at least kicked it wide of the post, right? Yeah, yeah, tackled. yeah. I mean, at least kick the ball, but he, he got tackled and then, and then get closer, right? Then Dehan had that wonderful, fantastic volley attempt where the ball came over him and he kind of like stuck his foot out, but it was pretty amazing. Uh, and I think he did it just past the post and then came the turn well not the turning point but then came the, the lead up to the second goal uh, ball crossed in from the right hand side uh, um, Australian player Sydney player gives it, so a handball is awarded it looks like he leans into it then pulls out of it uh, he, he actually sort of looked to me like he was turning away right trying to 
yeah. get his shoulder back and out, but it did, it did clip him it, on it him. It did clip him, but it also looked as if he went down at the beginning, as if he'd actually moved his arm down towards it, then realised, oh, it's going to be a handball, pulled his arm back and it still clipped it. So, not really sure quite how I feel about that, whether it was a stone wallet or not, there was contact, but would I have given it? I don't know. Not quite sure it was a, it was a stonewall penalty. I can see why it was given, though. Yeah. It was a tough call to make. Um, so, Dehan stepped up, left the keeper with absolutely no chance. Like, inch perfect penalty. Exercise, exercise the demons of last year when he missed in the opening game at yeah. Shanghai. Yep. Uh, and from that point onwards, there was only ever going to be the one winner, and Bloomings ran out to no winners. Suddenly, just huffed and puffed for the next 10 minutes or 15 minutes or so. Um, fantastic start for the Korean team. Terrible start for Sydney, and a group that we've already talked about is like a really tough group, right? You can't, you cannot be losing your home games. Uh, a draw would have been a bad result, but losing to 0 yeah, Sydney, I've got it all, all to kind of, all to make up, yeah. Time to start planning for 2018. <laughs> yeah, especially in the other match in that group, finished one each. Kashima Antlers and Shang, Shanghai Shenhua finished one each. Um, so Suwon sitting pretty at the top. On the same night, the other Korea team in action was? Uh, Jeju. Okay. Jeju playing against Sarazo Osaka. A game that I think we had predicted would be a narrow win for Jeju, right? Or maybe a draw, right? I think we'd get draws in the end. Yeah. And we're almost right. We're almost right. That game, yeah. I had that game on in the background. Again, like, roaring attendance of less than 4,000 Sogbipo. Um, To be honest, it was the kind of game that was driving me towards... Uh, anything but watching football. Um, it, it was bad. It was bad. Like, it is, wasn't that, is that why you suddenly spent so much time fiddling around with that blog? It is indeed, yes. And that's why you may see the, the blog was completely different. Um, I think I spent all my time making kit collages, to be honest, during that game. Uh, yeah, wasn't a very good game. Not a whole lot to, to report until the very last, well, the last kick head of the ball when Mizunuma scored for Sarazo Osaka. He scored, but it was basically a goalkeeping error, yeah, right? Yeah, well, not the only one of the group stage, but anyway, yeah. I guess we'll get to that in a minute. So the, the Japanese, one of the Japanese guys had the ball sort of just inside the area, surrounded by defenders. He turns and pokes the ball. The goalkeeper comes up to get it, sees the defenders in the vicinity, and they leave it for each other, and another Japanese guy... Uh, gets the ball and pokes it in the empty net. Yep, pretty much. Could have, could have reviewed a better ball. Better, better than the old days when I used to get you in like this and then you went up like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's only taken you three years. <laughs> but anyway, um, Saretsu Osaka breaking Chelsea United's hearts on Valentine's Day in the 93rd minute. Indeed. Um, I don't think any of the Jeju players were going to want me a chocolate from their wife, that's for sure. Uh, the other game in that group also turned off a bit of a surprise yeah, result. Yeah, and Ever, Evergrande welcomed Buriram to home. Uh, took the lead through Gulat, who else, in the 16th minute. And then just before the Evermark, Buriram equalised Edgar. And that's the way it stayed. And that's the way it stayed. Huge point for Buriram. A team that looks as if they can go through cycles, right? Yeah. Because uh, three years ago, they, were, they beat uh, Songnam 2-0 at home. Uh, did really well. Um, 
Yes, it's used. But then again, Evergrande tend to have one blip result, don't they? Like generally, every every group says there's one yeah. result that's not so good, right? Relatively poor attendance there as well. Only only twenty eight thousand. Yeah. So. Okay. Uh, I guess so the, these opening great games aren't sort of uh, how should I put it attracting people's attention. It's still cold, I guess, in some of the places, right? Obviously not Sydney. Not, not Guangzhou. Not Guangzhou. <laughs> okay. Uh, but definitely it was cold in Jeju. Um, sorry. Uh, yeah, so the group Group G sits with Sarazo Osako at top, Buriram and Guangzhou uh, joint second, and Jeju propping up the table and got it all, uh, yeah, all, all against them already. So that was the Wednesday games. Just before we move on really briefly, there was another flashpoint in that game as well okay. I can't remember who it was but there's another Korean player getting involved with a Japanese player over literally handbags to me um, so Jeju might be beginning to get himself a bit of a reputation uh, in the ACL but gotta say can't see them that's yeah they've given themselves a, a mountain to climb must win game this week away, didn't get my away point about mountain to climb oh, Alisan but anyway but yeah must win game definitely must win game um, so yes, yeah, so next up on Tuesday night we had uh, a couple of games. Obviously, we had Ulsan uh, travel to Melbourne and probably the game of the round. Yep. Um, we're going to get uh, podcast friend Tom on next week to kind of go into this in great detail, talk about exactly what happened. But um, thirty-second review. Thirty-second review. Ulsan bottled it. There you go. That's my review. Took the lead three times. Yep. Lost the lead within three or four minutes each time. Yep. Um, two beauties from Orsic. Two fantastic free kicks, right? Yep. Uh, well, one free kick and one the ball broke him on the. Yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Lobbed it over. Um, a good set piece from Vin Bickler. I think it was. I can't remember if it was a free kick or a corner, but it was lobbed in and he yeah. headed it in. The first goal for for Melbourne was a horrific error by the the Ilsan keeper, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know what was what, what the uh, got Korean goalkeepers have been doing in their off season, but they haven't been practicing catching balls too much. Yes, this, every game is involved. Well, apart from Blue Wings, I don't think really had any real call for their keeper at times. But yeah, the Korean keepers have been pretty pretty poor so far, right? Um, I think Old Sam will probably feel a little bit disappointed to only get a draw, but. A draw away in Australia is going to be looked at as a good result now. I mean, it is, but you've got to look at it and say if you're if you're if you take the lead three times, you've got to keep at least one of them, right? Yeah. I mean, like, and they were at least for longer than sort of three, four minutes. Yeah, and they seemed easily pinned back as well. Yeah. I mean, it was like they scored Melbourne man at the pitch and scored. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's, that's not. Ulsan can score, but they need to show up that defence if, if they're going to have any any hopes of anything, even domestically, never mind just on the continent, right? Yeah, in the other game, uh, Shanghai SIPG went away to Kawasaki and won 1-0. Yep, Elkison with the goal. So, good result for them. Yeah, so the top, that is the table, Shanghai on top, Ulsan uh, and Melbourne down second, and Kawasaki Frontale at, at the bottom. Uh, my prediction for them is the same as with Jeju, to be honest, that, uh, that you can't lose your opening home game. You, there's a long way to go. There's, there's obviously, you know, games left to play. But yeah, that's a really horrendous start for them, and a great start for Shanghai. Who next time uh, welcome Melbourne to town, right? Yep. While Ulsan are at home to Kawasaki. Okay. The final Korean team in action was FC Seoul. FC Seoul. Yep. Uh, because John Book were kicked out for bribery. Oh no, sorry. 
Hamilton's right. Mm-hmm. It wasn't actually sold because they didn't get anywhere in the league last year, right? But anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. we will still. Um, review and comment <laughs> even though it's making Paul upset uh, you would have been happy at half time would I? I don't know I don't know what happened in the okay. game so basically like uh, it was John Boo versus Kamishiwa Wrestle yep. uh, the Japanese took an early lead uh, 10 minutes in their Lopez scored not John Book's Lopez um, then they made it 2-0 uh, as Isaka made it uh, scored um, it has to be said that John Book's keeper Hong Hong Jong-ho's brother I believe it actually is uh, who only got an extension because his brother was coming on loan from from Germany or from Japan right um, yeah what a howling performance two goals were embarrassing and um, yeah even after that he continued to basically flap at the ball drop the ball uh, Ka- uh, Kashiba could have scored five he was that bad he was utterly utterly awful was the only word I can keep using if only they had scored five yeah um, but uh, it, so that was it 2-0 half time uh, all we play for Che Che's not happy Yep. No, no smiles on the on the touchline from him. Yep. Um, he goes in, gives him obviously the uh, hair dryer treatment, which actually I should put out might mean something different in Korea. So let's move on from that. <laughs> let's never go with the hair dryer treatment again after the scenes I've seen in the gym in the last two weeks. Um, so he goes in, screams at them. They come out, and what a different team! Completely different team. I'm sure, it's his team talking, not someone else on the team. Uh Leaving, leaving envelopes in the, the ref's dressing room. <laughs> well, I cannot, I can neither confirm nor deny that an envelope was passed at halftime. But anyway, um, I don't know what happened at halftime, but definitely uh, something changed. Something changed, and John came out and destroyed Kashiwa. Uh, Idongook made a three-one. Uh, yeah, sorry, two-one. In uh, the 55th minute, I did not see that goal. Uh, so I cannot comment on it uh, Kim Jin Soo made it to each uh, with 15 minutes left that was a bit of a scrappy goal and, uh, at the, uh, on the touchline and he popped it in after it bounced off about three different players first of all uh, and then what can, what can be said about the 39 year old legend that is Lee Dong he's now the top goal scorer in ACL history uh, as he popped up with five minutes left. Um, was his 34th goal? <laughs> uh, that, uh, yeah, but he's scored almost as many goals as he has kids. Uh, I mean, uh, years. Kids, uh, kids, in, kids <laughs> in Middlesbrough. <laughs> uh, I was going to make that joke. You just stole it off me. <laughs> Sorry, Chief. Uh, picked the ball up, there's the box, cut inside and curled it into the faraway corner. It was a beautiful, brilliant goal. Um, yeah, I mean... Right, I'm going to re-record that, but I can't have that kind of praise for him. <laughs> like for, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not Ethan Cook's biggest fan, uh, as probably anyone who's listened to the podcast more than tonight will will know. But uh, yeah, you can't knock it. It was a, it was a beautiful goal, uh, and John Book, you have to say, deserved it in the end. Yeah. So I've got a question for you. Yes, ask away. Did he start the game? That's a very good question. And so, obviously, uh, Chumbuk have a wealth of uh, attacking talent, right? As we know, they've got um, the Wookiee, Adriano, Thiago. Yep. Who or what out of those played what part in the game? 
Okay, so basically, like uh, they started with Ricardo Lopez. Okay, uh, so he he started. Uh, and the Wookie started. And the Wookie started, yeah. And then what they did in the second half was Thiago replaced Lopez. Okay. Um, Edon Good came on at half time for Che Cholson, uh, I believe. So, and a bit of an attacking change. Yeah, and in those, um, well, he made two changes at half time. He also brought on E. Young, um, who came on, well, I guess he came on for Shin Young Min and Edon Good came on for Che Cholson. Um, and Adriano, odd man out, didn't even make the bench. Didn't make bench, but I don't think, yeah, I guess he's not fit. I guess he's not ready. Uh, Thiago didn't, I mean, he made the bench, but he only came on with like 20 minutes left. Yeah. Uh, threw himself about a little bit. I'm not really going to say he was involved in the goals, but I'm going to say it anyway. It was quite strange seeing him in a green shirt. I, 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 wasn't, I didn't feel quite as, as warm inside as I thought I was going to. Okay. Um, but yeah, it uh, should be said, as I said earlier, um, the goalkeeper Hong Jong Nam, utterly honking. Uh, one of the worst goalkeeping displays I've seen since Yushan <laughs> all through the Um so yeah well it was like Yushan against Urawa all over again yeah so what that does mean is that um, the other game was involved Kichi uh, they went to China to play Tianjin uh, they lost that game 3-0 3-0 down at half time um, so it leaves Tianjin at top, Jombuk second, Kashiwa third, and Kichi fourth. Talking of Kichi. Talking of Kichi. Uh, Jombuk are going down to Hong Kong this week to play them. They are indeed, they are indeed in the Hong Kong stadium. And in, prefer- uh, in preparation for that, you called up um, sort of K League aficionado based in Hong Kong, Christy yep. Lung. So I called her up. She writes for uh, Offside Hong Kong. Uh, she's actually not a kitschy fan, as you might hear from our interview. So I guess, take it away, Christy. Good evening, I'm, I'm joined today by Christy Lung from Offside Hong Kong, uh, who's on to talk a little bit about, uh, well, most of the kitschy, I guess, but a little bit about Hong Kong football, uh, the ACL, and obviously we'll, we'll get to uh, Diego Forlan, I guess, at some point, yeah? Good evening, Christy. Good evening, hello Mark, how are you? Uh, I'm good, I'm good, how are you today? Yeah, so it's, it's, um, it's cold here, but uh, I think it's something comparable to Korea. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, pretty freezing over here, um, so yeah, yeah, I'm sure it's a lot warmer than where you are, definitely, yeah? Yeah. Okay, so if, if you're ready then, yeah, so that's funny, I think, as we said, I can have a brief chat about, about uh, Hong Kong, I, can all, I also know you're a big, am I right saying you're a Chelsea fan? Yes. Okay. Well, I don't think there's anything worth talking about about that team currently. No, and uh, we're definitely going to bring Chelsea up. The Chelsea, this is a, an anti-Chelsea podcast, or a, or a, or a Chelsea-free zone, I should say, yeah? Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> it's okay, it's okay. I'm not talking about them today. Okay, sweet. Okay, so, so obviously, like, the Hong Kong Premier League has, has already started. Um, I think you're roughly, like, 11, 12 games into the season. Yeah. Uh, so this year in the ACL was Kitchi who qualified, and obviously we had Eastern as well. Um, how are they performing in the in the Hong Kong league right now? The last season, actually, Eastern was leading the league for ha- more than half of the time, and Kitchi caught up with them in the literally the last game. Okay. So uh, in the last game before going in, Eastern only needed a draw. To retain the title, but Kichi uh, won, I would say, beautifully, and they got 
qualified race of this season. And so far, they have been doing so well. Uh, this season, I would say, because so, uh, honestly, I'm a slightly anti-kitschy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I will, I will get, I will get new shows today because uh, they, they have been performing really well and they have yet to lose the game so far this season in the league. And I think they have six points ahead of the second team. Okay. But then when you look at the last three league games, they scored twenty goals since oh, wow. um, the and joined and started for them. So you can see they are totally in a different league um, with the other team. So. Well, and then for Eastern, it's totally the other side of the story. <laughs> they okay. started off the season very coolly and already saw their head coach step down last month. But the effect of the new coach is yet to be seen. As the new coach, Nicky Moore, has yet to win a game in charge. And his first game was actually uh, against Vietnam. It was a loss. And his first league game was the 1-8 to eight loss to... Well, so. Ah, okay. So, <laughs> so he's he he's not exactly come in and, and kind of changed things then, yeah? Uh, no. But to be honest, is uh, he he was actually all the part of the coach team, I would say. So it, it will be just the man who is coming out of his space in front of the team is changing. But probably the whole coaching system, tactics system, is quite similar to what there was. Um, Earlier this season. Ah, okay, okay, I see. Okay, I see. Um, you mentioned Diego Forlan. Um, was that a surprising signing that you know that a player of that kind of stature in the game, you know, ended up in the Hong Kong Premier League? Is, is that something that you were surprised at? Yeah, honestly, everyone was surprised that he joined, and I think more people were surprised that he can perform that well. Okay. Because he is now 38 or 39 years old, and he didn't play a com- competitive game since he left Osaka in 2015, I think. So it was a whole year of resting or, I don't know, family life for him. Okay. But for him, of his age, to join in at 38 or 39 and start performing almost the second of three games in two weeks after he arrived, it was amazing. Okay, so I, I heard that basically to kind of fund his transfer or maybe pay his wages, whatever part it is, that Kitchi have increased the, the ticket price. Is, is that correct? <laughs> so, like, I understand that Kitchi have increased, that the ticket price has been increased. Oh, yes, yes, yes. A lot, actually. Okay. For for the um, for reference, their ACR home game is Hong Kong dollar three hundred dollars. Okay. And if to compare to Eastern last year, I think it was half the price. Okay. And for league, it was even crazier. For league, for home game, it's uh hundred fifty dollars Hong Kong dollars for, okay. for home game after Poland joined. But in the because Kitchi and Eastern share the same ground in Hong Kong in Mong Kok Stadium. Okay. So uh, while Eastern is charging eighty dollars Hong Kong dollars for a home game, Kitchi charging almost almost double of it. Oh wow! So the, so for the same stadium they're charging double, yeah? Yeah, same stadium. So if you watch 
Um, Eastern against Kitchi, it'll be $8, but if you watch Kitchi against Eastern, it'll be $150. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yes, that does sound ridiculous, yeah? Um, yes. And for the ACL, like, for the John Book game, I think, because we were talking about this on uh, Twitter, like, a while back, and the John Book game was really expensive, right? Yeah, it's very expensive, actually. <laughs> okay. Okay, so I don't think there'll be too many John Book fans coming over then, yeah? So, so obviously, Kitchi qualified as the, as the champions. That You've said that they're kind of in a league of their own right now. So, do you think, I mean, are, are they on course for another title? Yeah, I, I, think, I think so. They, they are, they're, they're already the best team in the league, I think. So, okay. when Diego Fallen joins in, who is actually, who has scored, I think, five goals in his last three games, right? Yeah. I think they they really are different league to the others. But then when you look at Eastern last season, they were leading quite comfortably before they started off their ACL run. Uh-huh. But they still managed to call up by 50. Uh, regardless of the qualities of the other teams, uh, when Kichi has the hectic schedule and the traveling and playing more intense ACL games, could probably temper the run in the league a little bit. But then compared to Eastern last season, Kichi has a much better depth of sport. Okay. And I don't know whether you know or not, they actually have some players that are not eligible for the ACL. Oh, okay. So they, have, they have extra foreigners, including the top league scorer, Lucas Silva, um, the Korean Kim Tong Jin, mm-hmm. the okay. World Cup member in 2006, but as well as some local players who are actually eligible as local in local league but not eligible in terms of the FIFA sense because they don't have the Hong Kong passport. Ah, okay, I understand, I understand. So they, they, they will have a better rotation and, and more players to bear with in the league compared to Eastern last season. So overall I would say they will still Get the league this season. Okay, okay, sweet. So you mentioned there about the distance they and how it kind of impacted on Eastern last year. They, do you think is there a noticeable impact? They, for example, when the Hong Kong teams play away, or when teams come to Hong Kong, they, do you think is there a is that a big impact on the on the result? Yeah, based on Eastern's result last season, and also when we look at Hong Kong the national team when they play away they used to suffer a lot um, because of the travelling we are not used to travelling that much in the league because I think most players are still living at home or, or even if the teams are, are living together in a hotel it's still within our small city so to travel to fly and to adjust to a new environment, say hotel rooms or new food or even new weather would be something completely um, new for most Hong Kong players. Okay. And uh, I don't know, I've always got a feeling that when the foreign teams come to Hong Kong, because we are such a such a tourist city, that yeah. we usually welcome them quite well to give them a really nice hotel in a very nice center place, have uh, international cosmopolitan food buffet for them. <laughs> wow, <laughs> when we read on the news when Hong Kong teams travel 
uh, usually they sometimes have some delays to the travel, changing hotels, yeah. hotels that are clean, spicy food and things like that. Yeah. So, um, probably Hong Kong still will suffer away, but then I guess most of the waiters will enjoy the the tours of Hong Kong. <laughs> okay, because yeah, we saw that with uh, Siraza Negros, right? They, when they went to China, there were some real problems with, with their visa and stuff, right? Yeah, okay. exactly. So, in terms of the ACL, then, how is it perceived in Hong Kong? I mean, is the ACL seen as being important, or is it seen as being just something that kind of takes up midweek? I think most, most of the fans will see it as the biggest thing. Okay. I think even Kichi would see it as a big thing, seeing that they signed Diego Fallen for this. Um, Eastern on the outside didn't really care about the ACL last season, and they, you can see they didn't sign anyone very, uh, well, not as heavyweight as Diego Fallen, of course, but not even any more strengthening signs just for ACL. Okay. And, and in Actually, football in Hong Kong is very popular in generally, but everyone is focusing on foreign football, say the Premier League, of course, the La Liga, yeah. and most doesn't care about local football at all. Yeah. And I would say there are probably more JDX fans here than local fans. <laughs> okay. So, so yeah. when when the when the ACL comes there, it actually attracts a lot more. Um, other general football fans to look at local football. Okay. So I think overall it's a positive thing. So um, we can see the ACL home ticket last season for Eastern was very fastly sold out, but because it was playing one cup, the capacity was only about six thousand. Yeah. And but Kitchi, I think this season the tickets are not selling that fast. Firstly, because of the prices, yeah. but also because it's at a much bigger Hong Kong stadium, which which has the capacity of about forty thousand. So okay. I don't think they are aiming to fill it all up. But then I think they would definitely get more than double six thousand. Okay. Uh, in Hong Kong. Okay. Are the are the games televised? So they are the ACL games on television. Yes, it will be. Uh, it will be on a paid TV though. Okay. But, uh, because all of the foreign leagues actually uh, screened on those paid channels so, so it will be regularly accessible to all the general football fans as well. Okay, um, so the, the, you obviously mentioned Eastern and we know that, that they were in the playoffs and kind of had that, had that little bit of a kind of shock, shock defeat. Um, wait, what, what do you think happened there? Like, why do you think, they, were they just not prepared? Um, is it, they, were they not interested? Like, why do you think that they lost so, so early in the playoffs? Um, I think, well, for the, the most in playoff wouldn't be too surprising for for the for the people here because Eastern has been performing quite poorly okay. since the start of the season. So it was all adding up and then people already kind of or mostly lost um, anticipation or, or any of, of optimism that Eastern might go through. <laughs> Okay. But uh, to to look at it, I think Eastern from last season with this season actually uh, obviously to change the head coach. Last season it was the world record holder, um, the female coach, yeah, yeah. and she stepped down 
before the season started to focus on her pro rising courses. But she remains, she actually remains as part of the coaching team. Okay. As data analyst, but then it ah. was a Dito Mansion who took over in the summer, but it was actually his first time taking charge of a professional team. Okay. So when when, it, when the season started, they had some injuries to the key players, and probably they, they failed to find a working tactics okay. to actually on both ends to attack and defend, and you know, we get less and less confident and the loop goes on and and uh, I think they're still searching for a way to pick it up again. Okay, okay, sweet. Um, so they, 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 we've talked obviously about Hong Kong football and about the ACL there, but there's something that's been kind of happening recently. You know, it's kind of like South East Asian football was kind of becoming a little bit of a kind of resurgence, I guess, or whatever, yeah? So there, there was like a, like a few years ago, there was an article about the fact that there should be more group places in the ACL for Southeast Asian teams. Um, so that to kind of like give them more experience in a competition. Do you think that would be a good idea if we had like more teams from you know like Southeast Asia, like more Vietnamese teams or whatever? Do you think that would be good for the ACL, or do you think it would be it would make any difference? Do you think it would still be the J League, the K League, and the Chinese Super League teams that would be topping the group every every year? Well, as a football fan, I would say just keep it as it is, of course, to make it more competitive. Yeah. But then. When you when you look at um, what Mongathong United from Thailand did last season, they got out of the group. So yep. it it really shows that when they are improving and developing now, I mean the Southeast Asian, when you're good enough, you really get a chance. So the 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 number of spots now are currently allocated according to the league points. So hence how we got. Uh, the ACL last uh, last in this season for Hong Kong. Okay. But um, I think at the moment it's a fair way of allocating. And um, but I I would think the Southeast Asian teams will will get the spot according to how the system is now based on how they. Okay, how they perform, yeah. Okay, so yeah. you mentioned the um, EPL. Uh, obviously, I'm going to assume that Hong Kong football is is the same as the K League, is the same back home in Scotland, where I come from, where that you compete with the you know like against the uh, EPL. Uh, obviously, I'm a I'm a huge Celtic fan, and I, the, my opinion of the EPL was pretty low. Um, is it something in 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 Hong Kong that, that you mentioned that fans don't really support local teams but support La Liga, EPL. How how does Hong Kong football, how does the Premier League compete with those other leagues? I think there's also the, um, the relation of Hong Kong and previously the, the UK, the colony mm. relationship that makes people uh, associate with the Premier League in England more. Yeah. But uh, when you compare to the other big money spending leagues like the Chinese Super League, yeah. which is just across the border to us, I don't think anyone care about that league that much compared okay. to <laughs> compared <laughs> to EPL. So, okay. So, so I, I, I think um, for Hong Kong, 
people or Hong Kong football fans, they are, they are quite realistic in who they, they really watch or enjoy the most entertaining things. Okay. It's not only all about money, but... I think you need to be appealing enough for Hong Kong football fans to look at you rather than just spending the money. Okay, yep, okay. Yep. Okay, so would you say then, has the Chinese Super League had an impact on Hong Kong Premier League in terms of maybe fans switching towards China, or do you think it's not impacted at all? Um, I think we all know how the, the transfer and the price tags are, are crazy. Yeah. And alien, totally alien to us, because um, actually some players in the local league are still earning 8000 8, a month, Hong Kong dollars, which is about just over 1000 USD per okay. month. But now, um, with the huge change, the top two division in China now allows one player from either Hong Kong, Macau, or Taiwan to, to play in the team as a local. Yeah. So as a local football league fan, I would love to see more Hong Kong players can benefit from going there to, to gain a better salary, better facilities, and probably higher football, higher level of football up there. So in terms of that, I think Chinese League has this special meaning for, for local football. Okay. But in terms of uh, the, the, the league or, or the league as the entertainment, I think uh, the, the Chinese League will need to work harder. Okay. <laughs> the level. Okay. But, but admittedly, I think they make football a really nice business with a lot of big money involved. So it will also be something that uh, other leagues in Asia might, might want to look into. Okay, Okay, so if, if we look at your group now that uh, Kitsi are in, uh, they've been drawn with, obviously drawn with like Jonbuk, uh, Tianjin and Kishiwa. This is going to give a, a pretty, pretty tough, tough group. Um, I think you you begin with an away trip to China, right? Um, do you think is that is that easier than an away trip to Japan or Korea, or is that actually the worst possible start? Well, definitely, I think it's uh, probably the best way to start off with going there. Okay. Because all games will be tough for Kichi, no matter what teams they draw, because we are the massive underdogs here. Yeah. But given that Tianjin is probably the, the lesser quality one among the three opponents that we get and it's also the first game that uh, none of them are, are play, uh, have started the league currently yeah. so only uh, is right in the middle of the season so in terms of form and also the information they got about Kichi will be the league because it's the first time that Kichi played and I, I'm just hoping that they, they, they don't know about the team that much. Okay. <laughs> so it's probably the best shot for Kichi to get away with any point in any away game would be this one. Okay, okay. So the, what can you tell us, the, the, what can we expect from, from Kichi? So in terms of their formation, they, do they play, the, have they got like a set formation that they play? They, uh, there is a kind of attacking style, defensive style? Obviously Forlan is their key player, but what about, what can we kind of, how can we expect them to maybe line up uh, against Tianjin? Uh, from last season, Kichi has uh, followed the European, uh, how to say, the European trend in playing three centre-backs. Yeah. So they regularly use 3-4-3. Three, three. 
okay. uh, for the late games as well. So this formation actually gives them a really good balance of attacking and defending. But then, of course, when they're in the league now, they I don't think they have defended that much recently in the league because they 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 just overrun their opponent here. Okay. So so very different to how they play in the league. I think they will have to defend very heavily in the ACL and look for counter attack. Okay. So the key player, of course, will be Diego Forlan. Yep. Who actually has demonstrated from. Uh, how useful he can be because um, he actually scored three free kicks yeah. um, in his five goals and that would be one of the most lethal weapons for, for Kichi in the ACL to, to just defend well first and hopefully earn a free kick on the counter no matter if 30 or 40 yards out there he's <laughs> very confident that when he checked it it's very likely that it will go in. Okay. <laughs> so, and and I uh, have you have you seen his first goal? I did actually. Yeah, I think I think if I remember right, I think I think you either retweeted it or or yeah, I saw yeah, you comment yeah. on it. Yeah, so I didn't see against it against Rangers. Yes, yes. Well, we'll yeah, talk about it. Yes. I think uh, about thirty-two or thirty-three yards out. Yeah. On the right, and he curled the goal around the wall. And went straight into the top right corner. I don't think there's that many goalkeepers yeah. in Asia that could save that goal. Yeah. So when you see he could score defects like this, I think the Kichi coach and Kichi management will be very happy with the money spent. Okay, okay, sweet. And um, who do you then, think? Uh, you want to know another key player? Yes. 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 <laughs> uh, no, we have one more key player. If there's, any, if there's anyone else, uh, they, any other sort of who to watch player, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The other one will be um, Christian Fado. Okay. He's a former Uruguayan international. And he, he joined last season just before uh, Kichi's ACL playoff last season. Okay. And ever since the fir his first game one year ago, you could absolutely see his more than one pass about anyone on the pitch. In okay. Congo. So his presence in the defensive midfield since then has stabilized Kichi a lot. And then I think he's uh, mainly where Kichi attack will start from. So he, um, after, actually after settling for in Hong Kong last season for half a season, he was actually getting forward more and more often this season and he himself from as a defensive midfield already got seven goals this uh, season. Oh wow, okay, so he's having a pretty good season, yeah? Yeah, and and he and Diego Fallen actually played together before in India. So I think the two of them will combine well and you know, they, they, they are at a similar level to each other compared to anyone else in Kitchen. Okay. So, so so this combo will be the one to watch out. Okay, excellent. Okay, who do you think will qualify from the group? Uh, I think it's quite an obvious question, isn't it? It's, uh, definitely it will be Chongbrook. Okay. And I think the second one will be Kachiwa. So. Yeah, yeah I, would, so. I would agree with that, I think, yeah. <laughs> because I think it's the first time Tianjin ever played in ACL. Yeah. And the point gap between the foreigners uh, and the local player are a little bit big. But it will be an important 
experience for them. Okay. And in terms of the ACL overall, like so in, in total, who do you think will win the, the, the ACL this year? Will it be a East Asian team or the, the, who do you think will actually win the, the competition? Well, the East Asian teams have won for quite a uh, few times. Yeah. Already, I think, on, on, in a row, actually. Yeah. And I think, also partly because I watched K-League, I think it will be Chong Kondai. Okay. <laughs> because you can, see, you can see their addition, you know, the, yeah. the, the foreigners are strong and they, they have almost half of the national team of Korea. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean they've they've, they've definitely like by bringing in Thiago and Adriano, they're they're building yeah. for a team to win the ACL. They don't need both of them to win the K League. Uh, so I think that's obviously to bring them in to win the ACL. Yeah. Yeah, and and they didn't get to play last season, so in the ACL, so yeah. I'm keen to get it back. Okay, I think so. Yeah. Okay, now I I don't want to get negative, but obviously last last year there were a few problems when Evergrande played Eastern. Um, there were some stuff, some issues with ticketing. There was that now famous banner. Um, do you do you think there'll be similar scenes this year when they when they play Tianjin, or do you think that that was that's all kind of over and done now? Well, I I certainly hope not. But I think it's not too likely to repeat. Okay. Uh, so there, there are a couple of problems last season when, when Ethan's first, Ethan's first game was away to Evergrande, which yeah. is in Guangzhou. The problem is Guangzhou and Hong Kong is only less than two hours train away. Okay. And we speak the same dialect, yeah. the language of Cantonese. So all the chants, all the swearing exchange yeah. are all communicable. communicable. Yeah. So everyone can understand each other. And also the problem is the sponsor of Eastern is actually a Fosan based company. And Fosan is actually just next to Banjo. Oh, okay. So in terms of that sense, uh, quite a lot of the local fans were quite unhappy that yeah. how Ethan treated the away fans who actually bought the tickets early and, and hoping to see the see the first ever ACL game in okay. Evergrande. And but then the ticket the official fans club tickets were cancelled and they were compensated I think by back money. <laughs> and okay. and the and whoever got a ticket trying to get into the Everbrand Stadium was uh, associated to a small song. And then from TV we see there are some, uh, I don't know how to say it. It was, um, apparently it was that okay. sponsor company who dressed in blue and sat there as thanks rather than the real fans. Okay, yeah. <laughs> so it was um, pretty upsetting for the local Eastern fans. Yeah. So that was the away game. And the home game, it was also upsetting because the away section got drawn bigger on the day. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and it was two of, two of the fans. And because the Quanzhou fans actually in China are also known to be most passionate among yeah. the whole 
within the whole country. Yeah, I've seen them. <laughs> so, so, um, and of course, the, the, almost the whole stadium on the peach and off the peach is dominated by them. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was quite unhappy for everyone, and we thought it wasn't that well as well. So, so hopefully, in off and on off peach, it won't happen again. I guess yeah, Tianjin. Okay. Then I think Tianjin is a smaller team compared to Evergrande yeah. in China, and it was is a is a much further distance for Tianjin fans to come all the way to to cause yeah. trouble. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. hopefully, it will be a more peaceful encounter this time. I hope so. I hope so. That <laughs> you mentioned there about the Evergrande fans, like the the away end being bigger on the day. Yeah. Uh, I I remember when Evergrande came to Korea to play Songnam. I'm a Songnam fan. Uh, yeah. And uh, we we actually gave them half of the of our normal home fan stand. Uh, and there was a lot of Songnam fans that were really upset uh, that we had kind of not just given them their way in, but this other half of a stand. Um, so it, it was there was a lot of kind of upset Songnam fans. During yeah. during that match, we actually won the game two one with a ninety fifth minute penalty, um, and then lost in the re- in the second leg. But um, it was yeah, the atmosphere was definitely it was it didn't feel like a like a, a kind of Korean or even like an ACL match. It felt almost like a European match because there was quite a lot of kind of chance going backward and forward. And yeah, yeah. There, was, there was a lot more passion in that game than I've seen in most games. Yeah. Ways. Yeah. I think the Evergrande fans are very, very passionate, and and also the management are, are quite willing to spend money on that. Yeah. Because I think I read how how they managed to get that many fans to travel to Korea was they I think they even supplied an airplane or something like yeah. that. And and it was some basic things that they always give out free um, support piece. Yeah. So everyone is in red. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I've heard that as well. It's yeah. just crazy. They, they, they really, they are really in a positive way, very passionate and and create nice atmosphere. Yeah. And then uh, maybe not in the adequate location though. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I guess they, they, they kind of they almost wrap things up. Like in, in in three words, how would you describe the uh, Hong Kong Premier League in three words? <laughs> it's a very difficult question. <laughs> so um, the first one I'll say is it's very diverse. Okay. Because uh, as a cosmopolitan city that we are, we we have players from a lot of different countries. Yeah. It's not that that many this season. So uh, we we have seen foreigners from fifteen different countries this season, okay. as well as a lot of neutralized players. So. If you have ever seen our national team recently, we were represented by all colours. Yeah. But everyone share the same belief and the pride of representing Hong Kong. So I think it's it's also representing our city's value, you know, the diversity. Okay. And the second one is uh, it's developing. It's okay. developing. <laughs> and um, uh, we, thanks to the ACL exposure last season and this season, we, we saw more attention to the Hong Kong football inside and outside Hong Kong. Okay. So it's, uh, it's the post- positive things and play that more more players will commit 
and more sponsors will come in and more fans will come into the stadium. The average attendance here for the league is slowing, slowly. Okay. Uh, cool. Usually just around a thousand. So it's not comparable to many places in Asia. But then uh, when we look at the national team, we, we now achieve usually just over 10,000, yeah. I think. Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. To improve as well. Yeah. And the last one is, of course, it's very welcoming. Welcoming, okay. Yeah, welcoming for 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 actually for any local fans or even foreign visitors because the, all the information and directions and and everything will be easy to to get to know. And then even the stadium is very easy to to go to if anyone ever wants two hours off in the city to to watch some sports. Okay. And there are always tickets available. Okay, sweet. <laughs> and also from my, my previous experience when I just started watching two seasons back, you know, it's always easy to meet new people, uh, new friends and you new know, people share with new shared friends. It's quite well welcoming I would say. Okay, excellent, cool. And uh, you really have a team called Rangers? <laughs> Yes, uh, it is, uh, and it's actually somehow relevant to the Scottish Rangers as well. Yeah, they're actually the same badge, right? Yeah, it was created uh, back by a Scot in the 50s, and yeah. he named the club after his club, Glasgow Rangers. Yeah. So, uh, today I read that, actually even the legendary George Best played once for the club. Oh, uh, really? But uh, I think for, to your delight, now it's not really the club as it was <laughs> previously in terms of results. They 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 have the strong emphasis of developing youth. Yeah. So well, that's the that's the um, mission. But then the fact is that they are flirting with relegation on every season. Okay. Good. <laughs> good. Good. I like to hear that. Like, I, like I, I always look at your Twitter feed to see if, if Rangers lost uh, as a as a huge Celtic fan. Yeah. Yeah, and and they're currently rock bottom at the table. Good. So. <laughs> you made me very happy, Chris. You made me very happy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. so, so that's, that's pretty much wrapped up it's, it's been a pleasure talking to you thank, thank you so much for uh, t- uh, taking time to, t- to, to speak to us if any of our listeners want to know more uh, about Hong Kong football where should they look online like, where should they look, like, what should they do uh, of course it's hon- uh, offsite.hongkong uh-huh. uh, the first and online English source for everything about Hong Kong local football and of course I'm writing for them okay. so so you can check it out for more information and match reports and players interviews. And um, yeah, it's also my honor to talk to you too. So thank you for inviting. So let's hope for an exciting ACL tournament. Definitely, and definitely. If uh, Kitchi could do any any upsets this week, actually. <laughs> oh, that no, it's not this week because it's played. This will be air next week, right? Yeah, I hope. Yeah. I don't know. Let's see. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> but I will, I will definitely go to John Bukitchi just so I can see Diego Forland, to be honest, yeah? You will? Yes, I will go to. Yeah, not, not in Hong Kong, but in, in, oh, okay. in, in Jonjo, yeah. I, I, I will definitely go to the game in Jonjo, definitely. Oh, or the away game. The home game. You're away yeah. game, my home game. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know why. Well, for me, I'm hoping to see Trumpuk coming here actually. <laughs> cool. Okay. Well, hopefully, hopefully it's a fantastic game, and yeah, and and, and best of luck. 
Uh, I mean, not many people who actually host this podcast. There's me and Paul, and none of us are really John Book fans. So, uh, so we'll be more. <laughs> so we'll be more than happy to see Ketchy win both the games. <laughs> Well, well, to be honest, as local football fan, I wouldn't mind if Kitchi can win. You know, if oh. Kitchi won both games, I, I think they're getting out of the group, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, hopefully, yeah. Okay, Chrissy, it's, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much uh, for your time. Uh, and yeah, hopefully we can talk again, like maybe like if Kitchi get out of the group or something, yeah? Yeah, sure. Okay, there's some very interesting things that Chrissy had to say there. Yeah, I, I mean, there was a lot of good stuff that you know that we talked about. Uh, I particularly, you know, I kind of liked our viewpoints on, you know, the, the idea of the, like the naturalised players and the idea of of competing with, with the DPL and stuff. Yeah, so hopefully, um, hopefully, we will maybe get it back on again uh, towards the end of the group stages. Well, when I when I suggested you talk to her. I thought you'd come back with like a 10 minute brief thing about the ACL but it was like 30 minutes of it was very very long and yes and it seemed like you had a lot more to say so I think we should definitely get it back on yeah. at some point yeah definitely definitely. It was, a, it was a pleasure talking to her ok um, do you want to go through the uh, well we won't make predictions cause, but do you want to say which, which teams the other Korean teams are playing this week yep so as we said John Boot are going to Kitchi. Um then we have uh, Ulsan are at home to Kawasaki Fontali uh, we have Jeju going to Buriram, Jeju going to Buriram and of course uh, Suwon are at home to Kashima. Okay. I won't force not be attending any of the games. It was my plan was to go to Suwon, but unfortunately uh, I have something I cannot get out of. So I guess a straight jacket. A straight jacket, yes. So I guess the Phantom will probably be there on his own. Um, now maybe, maybe a good time to add that perhaps we'll be having a third host in the future but I guess we'll keep that announcement until later yeah ok just before we wrap up for tonight um, some winners and losers uh, caught your eye yep losers for me at the A-League again they, they lost when Brisbane Roar crashed out with their, with their numbers falling off their shirts and now both their teams had not particularly good results uh, the fan attendance was not great and as we'll hear from Tom next week yeah I think Australian football in terms of the A-League fans opinion of the ACL is, seems to be or not just the fans but the players and the teams seems to not be quite as serious as it has been in the past yeah okay so my losers are the A-League um, for me, my losers are um, FC Seoul. Uh, we've seen a, t- a steady trickle of players leaving. Mm-hmm. Osmar leaving. Uh, pros- probably the last straw for a whole bunch more of fans. I think they're not doing a very good uh, job of communicating or keeping an open forum with the fans. So, okay. Uh, for a winner, <laughs> begrudges me to say this, but. Uh, Suwon yep going down to Sydney and winning yep or Dayan and Edonguk for showing that old guys still know how to do it yep yeah I find it difficult to actually disagree with either of those two and I also find it difficult to say those two things are my winners but for me I'm actually going to give my winner to Dayan because I actually can't give it to Edonguk so I'm going to give it to Dayan purely because there was a lot of pressure on him that was a massive move. Like, yeah, it, it was big. It was a big move. There's a lot of pressure. A lot of kind of stuff in the media coming out. So doing the same thing about Osmar. By the way, it should be noted we didn't talk about that. Yeah. But saying that he didn't want to stay, which is literally rubbish, apparently. Uh, so it seems that PR stuff coming out uh, there from, from Seoul. I think Dehan had a lot to prove. And what more can you do? Two 
took a bit of games, three goals. Um, yeah, he's already um, won over the, the hearts of any of the uh, the Suwon fans who didn't want him at the club. And yeah, it, yeah, I think looking at it, for me, watching Suwon Blue Wings play, I think Dehan is the final piece in the jigsaw that they haven't had since uh, Chong Tse left. That kind of target man that they could put the ball up to. Um, and yeah. My winners have to be Dan. I'm not going to give you Sue one, but Dan are my winners. Just, just is my winner. Just, a, just a quick question. Mm-hmm. Um, you, I know you're not a big fan of Dan. Yeah. But you got to admit that when he was playing for Seoul, he showed his heart and his passion, and he ran his guts out. Did he show that kind of uh, commitment when playing for Suwon? You would think we'd actually prepped us, right? Um, I actually sent that same text to uh, podcast listener Joe. Uh, when he said that you know he's, I've been watching the game. He's looking pretty good. And I said the big difference between him and Jonathan is Jonathan was a natural goal scorer, but only cared about Jonathan. He would scream at his teammates if he didn't pass. He would be selfish and not pass himself. Dehan works his his socks off for whoever he's playing for. I thought that was just a thing because he, he actually did was a soul because he'd been with soul for so long. But yeah, he he's run himself into the ground already at, at uh, Suwon, uh, and that's. As much as I maybe particularly don't like him for some of his comments made and whatever, uh, I do think, yeah, you can't knock the fact that he is he's a, the consummate professional. Oh, I was just about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> We're turning into an old married couple that can finish each other's sentences. Well, indeed, which is why the outro is Mr. and Mrs. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think uh, it's only right to pick this, this week's outro in uh, sort of tribute to the performances from Edonguk and Dayan. Okay. So, begrudgingly uh, and not quite seriously, here it is uh, Clive Don with Grandad. <laughs> <laughs>